It's always a great joy just to come together and we're kicking off a brand new series called Fear Not. I really felt on my heart to talk about this as fear is in our community with recent events, the global pandemic and now the politics of the streets and rising issues of racism. There's a lot of fear out in the world because whenever we face the unknown or when the unknown comes upon us, the enemy would like to turn our hearts towards fear. And there's nothing good that comes out of fear. In fact, the Bible clearly says God doesn't give a spirit of fear, but he gives a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. And today we're going to look at a story in scripture of a man that was overwhelmed with fear and it brought him to one of the worst days of his life. Fear often does that. I would imagine if you thought of the worst day of your life, fear factors in there somewhere. But this is a man that wasn't continually overwhelmed by fear. He had an incredible transformation, which is available for us. And on this special weekend, when we celebrate the outpouring of God's presence on the planet, there is transformation that is available to you. The man we're looking at is named Peter. And Peter was a close friend of Jesus. We're going to pick the story up as we listen to a conversation between Jesus and his good friend and follower, Peter. Here's what happens. Jesus says to Peter, calls him Simon. He actually uses his old name because this was a shaky moment for Peter. He calls him Simon, Simon. The enemy of your soul, the devil, has desired you. I could say that about you as well. I could put your name into that sentence. I could put my name into that sentence. There is a force for evil in the world. And the term that Jesus used is this enemy of your soul desires to sift you like wheat. That was a, a, a phrase that meant the enemy wants to pick you apart. If anyone ever says, my, I feel like my life is falling apart, it's this that's at work. He wants to pick you apart. He wants you to fall apart. He doesn't want you just to have one failure. He wants you to have failure after failure after failure after failure. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you. And here's the prayer of Jesus. For all of us that face fears, who feel like things are falling apart, he prays that our faith would not fail. And the reason it's important our faith doesn't fail is so that when we are strong in our certainty in our relationship with God, we actually become a strength to those around us. Peter's reaction is interesting. He doesn't say, yes, Lord, thank you for praying for me. He argues. He says, Jesus, you don't, you don't have it right. I, I don't believe what you're saying. If you're going to fight, I'm fighting with you. If you're going to death, I'm going with you. Jesus says, Peter, I know exactly what's going on in your heart. I know there's a weakness in you. And it was a weakness of fear. Fear of what other people thought about him. Fear of an uncertain future. And he says, here's what's going to happen. Before the day ends or before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. Before the day starts, you're going to have a moment of denial. And that's exactly what happened in Peter's life. 
Here's where the story goes. In a few hours, as Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and taken to the high priest's house, Caiaphas's house, Peter follows at a distance. He was so bold when he was with Jesus. He was even had a moment of boldness in the Garden of Gethsemane, but now he is seized by fear. He's following at a distance. He follows Jesus to Caiaphas's house where they are judging Jesus and abusing Jesus. And there's a courtyard outside and there's a fire outside and he's warming himself by the fire. And three times in Luke 22, we find him denying his relationship with Jesus. A young girl comes up to him, not even a mighty soldier, a young girl by the campfire. And she sees Peter and he says, I, I recognize you. You are a friend of Jesus. You are a follower of Jesus. He says, no, I'm not. I don't know Jesus. He's not my friend. I'm not his follower. You are mistaken. And another person came up and said, I, I, you're from Galilee. I can tell by the way you talk. You, you're with the, the, the Jesus followers. I, I think I saw you. And for a second time, he says, no, not me. I I'm not a follower of Jesus, not a friend of Jesus, because he was afraid of what they would think about him. They were afraid of what they would do to him. He was seized by fear. And as he expresses his fear uh, for the third time, they press him again. It says about an hour later, they came back to him again and said, we've been looking at you. We've been watching you and you are a follower of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he cursed, he swore at them and said, I am not a, whatever he said, follower of Jesus. And he denied he knew Christ. And then the story catches this poignant moment. Just as he finishes his third failure, because he's seized by fear, it says the Lord was either being escorted out of the building or caught Peter's eye and the two of them looked at each other. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine what Peter felt? Well, he felt great brokenness. He went from that moment and says he wept bitterly. That's not just to cry a few tears. That's to cry until you feel you can't cry anymore. That's when you're, you're crying from not just up in your eyes, you're crying from your, from your belly. And there's nothing more you can do except lay on the ground. And that was Peter. It was a moment of incredible brokenness because that's what fear does. Fear breaks uh, your relationship with the Lord and fear messes up your relationship with people on the planet. In fact, if you are experiencing brokenness in your relationship with the Lord, let's drill down on that. Let's find out where the fear is. Because this can be a day of transformation for you. If you are at odds and if things are tense between you and others, there's some fear at play somewhere. Now, something amazing happens in Peter's life because in a few weeks later, we find him not paralyzed by fear, but we find him full of faith. And actually what happens is his faith overcomes his fear. It's on the day of Pentecost and we remember that day this weekend. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, which was a, a celebration, a festival of harvest. Peter is in the city of Jerusalem. He's there because uh, Jesus has asked them to, to go and wait in an upper room. So they've been praying in the upper room. And uh, 
the power of the Holy Spirit fills that room. And uh, Peter steps forward. The, the streets are teeming with people. And he's not a man full of fear at this moment. He's full of faith. And he's full of confidence. And he stands up with thousands of people around him. A very different scene than a few people by a fireside. There's now thousands of people. And he's in the very city that they crucified Jesus. The same people that had cried out, crucify him. They were there. The religious leaders that had rigged the trial to prop up this false charge and have Jesus go to the cross, they're there. And with those thousands of people, he lifts up his voice in boldness and confidence and says, listen to me, people of Jerusalem. And he walks them through his faith. He says, this Jesus that you crucified, that you killed, he was the Christ, the Messiah. He was the Savior, and you crucified him. But God has raised him from the dead, and he preaches to them from the, the Hebrew Scriptures. And by that time he gets to the end of his presentation, the people are, are lifting their voices and saying, what should we do? What can we do? And he says, here's what happens. I want you to repent, and I want you to receive Jesus. I want you to be transformed. And here's the story. This man who was broken in fear is now transformed by faith. And 3,000 people in that day become followers of Jesus. I just want to point out this, that in God's family and in the love that God has for you, three strikes and you're not out. In fact, can you see the story? Three strikes become 3,000 victories. Here's how the Lord works in our lives. Three failures, three monumental failures become 3,000 believers and followers in Jesus. And that's exactly what God would like to do in your life. He'd like to take the failure of your moments and he would like to transform. He'd like to, he'd like to come into the moment of fear. People are afraid about all kinds of things. Some people are afraid about others not wearing masks. Some people are afraid that people are wearing masks. To me, it's not a big issue. Personally, if it helps anyone just a little bit, it's a, an action of love for me to put a bandana over my, over my face. It's not a big deal. I don't, I don't want to be distracted. Here's what fear does. Fear takes your focus off what's really important and puts it on things that divide you from the Lord and divide you from other people. Uh, some people are just very feared about the way the church has been, been having church. Different in homes and outside. And there's somewhat anxious about that. I think maybe it could be that the Lord wants us just to feel what some of our brothers and sisters feel on the other side of the planet. They can't gather. They do meet in homes and they do meet outside. And maybe we'll have a deeper empathy for them. Those are minor issues. The church has always been open. The church has not closed. And this weekend, as we are gathering people in once again at our services of 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, some people will be afraid to come. Just reminding you, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. That it, fear takes our focus off what really matters. And Peter goes through a journey of fearing diminishing. His spirit of fear is broken by, by, by three significant things that happen from Peter's incredible brokenness 
to his incredible boldness. From the moment outside the high priest's house to the moment he stood in the city of Jerusalem. And just look with me just for a few moments, because these three things will revolutionize any life. These three things will, will, will break the spirit of fear that is rampant in our world and rampant in our community and even seeping into churches and people of good faith. Here's what happened in Peter's life. First of all, he had a realization. He awoke to the fact that Jesus was alive. The Bible says that the Lord is risen and he's shown himself to Peter. Peter was one of the very first disciples to come to the open tomb. And can you imagine that moment when he saw the stone had been rolled away and he saw that Jesus wasn't in the tomb anymore, the tomb was empty? In the back of his mind, he probably thought, this Jesus that I saw in the courtyard, last time he saw Jesus, in that moment of brokenness and denial and full of fear, maybe this Jesus will see me again. When we know that Jesus has risen from the dead, when we know that Jesus is alive, that changes everything. It changes everything. And so today, I just want to say on this day of turning fear into faith, Jesus is alive and that changes everything. And what does our nation need especially? We need to know Jesus. We need to have a Jesus revival, a Jesus revolution. We know clearly from God's heart and from the scriptures and from the example of Jesus that racism is a deep sin. It's a, it's a brokenness in people's hearts and souls, especially when it's applied to political power and connected to uh, police abuse. So we have, to, we have to stand against it. It's also a sin to, to, to take other people's stuff, to destroy other people's property. That's a sin. There's so much sin that we're seeing recently. What do we need? We need, like Peter, to realize Jesus rose from the dead. And as dark as things look right now, as dark as you may be seeing them, and that's the enemy trying to pull you into fear, as dark as it may seem, the resurrection says, the light of God will win. Jesus was put into a dark tomb, but he didn't stay there. Peter went from brokenness on the ground, weeping bitterly, to boldly presenting Jesus because he realized Jesus is alive. So I just want us to focus on the things that strengthen our faith. Let's get our eyes off the masks and whether we should, or let's get our eyes back on the master. Let's get our eyes uh, off of COVID and get them on Christ. Let's get our eyes off of rebellion and get it on our redeemer. Let's look to Jesus who is alive today. It transformed Peter's life. It's transformed my life and it can transform our community once again. The second thing that happened, and I love this, is that Peter was restored to his purpose. When Jesus rose from the dead, he went looking for Peter, and here's where he found him. He had left Jerusalem, he'd gone up north to Galilee, and he'd gone back to fishing. Now, Jesus had called Peter away from fishing, 
And always be careful. Fear will drive you back to things that you are comfortable with, but not things God has called you to. You hear that? Fear will do that. Fear will drive you back to a comfort, something that you used to do, a habit. And so there he is back fishing again. Jesus recreates the scene of Peter's first calling. They're fishing. They're not having any success. And Jesus calls out from the shore. Hey, he gives them some instructions. And then the the nets are filled with fish. The same way Peter was called to be a follower of Jesus. And then Jesus asked these three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Verse 15 and 16 of John 21. And then for the third time, he says, do you love me? He's asking these questions because here's what happens. Get this. Perfect love casts out fear. If your fear will pull you away from your purpose, fear will pull you away from your destiny. And Jesus wants to restore that by just getting your love in the right place. If your love is in the right place, fear will be broken. And he's calling Peter away from fear and brokenness to a new level of faith. He says, okay, you love me, you love me, you love me. Then I want you to feed my sheep. I've got a purpose for you. And it's not fishing, it's people. And then he says these beautiful words that Peter had heard before, follow me. Can you imagine Peter hearing those words again? There was a reason he'd gone back fishing. He thought, I'm not worthy to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going back to be a fisherman. But Jesus came and restored his purpose. Jesus would like to restore a purpose in your life. There's a reason that you're on the planet and fear will pull you away from what God's best is for your life. Fear had pulled Peter down to the depths of despair. Faith will raise you up. And knowing that God has you on this planet for something more than just complaining about what's going on, something more than just being angry with the people around you and shaking your fist at the television, you are here to be part of the solution. You're here to be part of the kingdom of God. You're here to be transformed by the power of God. And then, as Jesus says, I'm praying your faith will not fail so that that will leak out and influence the people around you. When your faith is strong, you will influence people around you. So Peter meets the resurrected Jesus. He sees his power. Peter has his purpose restored. And if you haven't found your purpose, God's kingdom is the very best place to find your purpose. Peter found that purpose. He even got off track. Maybe you've got off track recently. Maybe all that's been going around has distracted and discouraged and brought fear into your life. Well, today's a day to come back to the place of your divine destiny, your purpose. The third thing that happened is Peter receives supernatural power. Jesus promised that power in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, hey, you guys... I'm going to heaven. I'm going to ascend to heaven, but I don't want to leave you alone. I want you to receive the power that comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Your life will never be the same again. And this powerful anointing of God's presence that Jesus called a baptism, and he looks back to the baptism of John when John would soak people with water. 
and they would go into the Jordan and they would come up and they would be dripping wet. They were soaked. The Greek word is baptizo. They were completely um, full of water. Just, he says, that's what's going to happen with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to baptizo you. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit's power. And that power, my friend, will change your life. And this is such a great day to remember that because this is the day of Pentecost. This weekend is a day that we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit breaks the back of fear. Listen to this verse. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of love. Love rearranges our priorities and a spirit of power. A spirit of power. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you the same question that Jesus asked. Do you love Jesus? Do you love him? And some of you have an appreciation for Jesus, and you love Jesus, but you love a lot of other things. He wants to be in the premier place of your heart. If fear has been seizing your heart, that's exactly what the enemy wants. Because when fear has seized your heart, Jesus is somewhere else. Your focus is on someone else, somewhere else. So let's bring our focus back to Jesus who is alive. Let's hear his voice when he says, follow me. I have a purpose. I have, I have something for you to do on the planet. And then let's be filled with his Holy Spirit. He says, follow me. When Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit, he poured the Holy Spirit into the city of Jerusalem. And the city of Jerusalem was a mess. There was political power. There was an oppressive Roman guard, absolutely broken in their dealings with people, treating them unjustly, unfairly, brokenness. There was ethnic tension. There was racial tension. That was all going on in Jerusalem. And what did Jerusalem needed? It needed a, a, a group of people that would pray and would welcome the power of the Holy Spirit. What does our nation need? It needs some people just like you who will pray and receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's how to receive the Spirit's power and the Spirit's life today. First of all, open your heart to Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. Maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, say, Jesus, I repent of my sin, just like those people in Acts chapter 2, I'm turning towards Jesus. I receive Jesus. And Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. Receive Jesus as Savior. Then open your heart to Jesus as the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And right where you are, let this miracle take place. Just don't watch this moment. I'm just going to encourage you just to open your hands where you are. Don't feel foolish or embarrassed. Don't let fear rob you from this. Just open your hands right where you are and welcome the power of the Holy Spirit. Welcome his power to transform you. If you've been fearful and upset and in turmoil, this is a moment for God to set you free from fear. We just welcome, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit to touch my friend right now, to come upon them in a fresh way, Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time. But just while you're there, just say, Lord, 
I welcome your Holy Spirit. I welcome your Holy Spirit. Because as Peter had this realization, he took this journey from the worst night of his life. <laughs> you may have had the worst night of your life. He went from the worst night of his life, from a night, night of incredible brokenness to a, a moment of incredible boldness. This is the journey we're going to be on during these next few weeks as we look at fear not. God wants to set us free and set the, the, the community free from a spirit of fear. He wants the spirit of Jesus to be alive and well. So I bless you guys. I bless you in Jesus' name. If you're receiving Jesus and there's a way to indicate that on the platform you're on, put your hand up. Or I encourage you to text yes just to our number, uh, 941-260-1321. Let us know that God is working in your life. We're going to be with you. We're praying for you. And we want to see God take you from where you are to where God has for you because he has something good for you. So we bless you in the strong name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you're blessed.